You're listening to Pondering the Bible, a deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins. With me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is season eight, episode 16, and we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. The weather, I think, is a little bit better these days. It's still <laughs> in the 90s, but it doesn't hurt as much as the 100 plus. There's just something wrong, though, about being in the month of October and we're still in the mid to high 90s. It I just... Yeah, I won't disagree with that. <laughs> it's still wrong, but at least it doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What are we covering tonight? Tonight, we're going to cover the first four verses of chapter six. We're picking up right where we left off last week. So verses one through four of chapter six, I'm reading from NLT, New Living Translation. And again, all translations are going to be really, really close. Very insignificant differences. Okay. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Amen. Okay, well, this is much shorter than we're usually jumping into. Yeah, this it is, is. What, four verses? Yeah. Okay, but we, and we've kind of changed who we're talking about, but are we still talking about the same overall concept here? I mean, Paul, for weeks we've been talking about taking this walk towards complete sanctification. Right. Are we still on that topic, or are we just going to bash some kids for a little while? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Still on that same topic. Remember, Ephesians did not come with chapters and verses. True. And so in Paul's original letter, as you read through it, we're still on the same thing. Pursuing holiness, entire sanctification, being as much like Jesus as you can be. And several weeks ago, you know, he brought in this idea that if I don't see the light of Christ shining through you, I have to question your salvation. I'm, I'm, I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is not living in you and working in you. And that makes me think maybe it's because you're not saved. You haven't actually given your life to Christ. Last week, he, he brought up, I should see it in your marriage. The way you treat your wife, and we talked a lot about what life was like for women and, and how marriages usually worked, that if you're a Christian, if you have Jesus in your heart, I should see your relationship with your wife being a mirror of Jesus's relationship with you and with the church. Tonight, he's going to continue right on into, and if you are a Christian, I should see the light of Christ in how your relationship with your children proceeds. And again, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about what life was like for children in the world at this time and, okay. and how different Paul is is bringing uh, a, a brand new system to parenting like he brought a brand new system to marriage. Is he getting radical again? It's radical. He is. He's okay. going to be radical and liberal <laughs> yet again. And next week, he's going to bring up the topic of slavery, masters and slaves. And I want to see the light of, of Jesus shine in your relationships with your slaves. 
when we get to that one, it's still going to be about entire sanctification, but we're going to have to spend some time defining what is and what isn't slavery. Right, because slavery as it was in those days and slavery is in American history are different. And today, there's still slavery in the world, don't get me wrong, but how we view it at least politically, is very different as yes, well. Yes, it is. So exactly. we got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're still in the main theme of of Paul's big conclusion. I want to see some evidence of your salvation. Okay. Do you want to go ahead and go through this verse by verse? Yes, please. All right. Chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Okay. That's not... That's not radical at all. Children, do <laughs> no. what your parents say, right? Yeah. Okay. But what else is he trying to get across here to the children? For us to understand what he's saying to them, we have to understand parent-child relationships in the first century A.D. He's, he's a Jew writing to Greeks under Roman dominion. <laughs> right. And so we have to look at the Roman laws because that prevailed in all three societies. And in in... Roman law at this time, there is the rule of uh, patria potestas or pater potestas. Sometimes you'll see it uh, listed either way. The power of the father. Right. We've spoken about that a couple of times. Um, In in Rome, in Ephesus, and in Israel, technically, since Israel is a, a Roman governance, the father is the ultimate law in the family. A father could sell his children as slaves mm-hmm. anytime he wanted to. And you th- in your mind's eye, what you get is, oh, really take like a 12 or 13-year-old boy and sell him as slave? What a horrible father. How about this? You are 35. You have your wife. You have three children of your own, two sons and a daughter. And you're thinking... Maybe I need to sell my second son and and get some good money for him. And there's a knock on the door, and it's your 60-year-old father and two soldiers, and he sold you (laughs) as a slave. That happened, and that happened frequently, that that your 60-year-old father went out gambling, lost everything that he had, and now he needs money quickly. And you're just his kid. That's all. So he sells you as a slave. You you were under your father's thumb until the day your father actually died. Right. So, yeah, we were thinking. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. you Father could punish his children any way he wanted to. And right. that included death. You're out in the at the marketplace, and you watch one guy step up and drive a, a a knife into the back of another man and kill him right there in public. And you call the police, and they come up, and the the murderer says, "That's my son. That was my kid." That's the end of the issue, right, right then and there. there. It doesn't matter why. Why is irrelevant. The fact that he is the father gives him the right to take that life for whatever reason he deems necessary. Wow. Child never came of age. And so your father could usurp your life anytime he wanted to. Let's say you're a general in the army and 10,000 soldiers, 
you know, rise or fall at your command. And you spent five years waging war on behalf of Rome and you, you conquer another nation and you come back and Caesar himself says, let's throw you a party. There'll be a parade. I'm going to give you some incredible gifts and then we're going to throw a week-long celebration. And, and just as this is all about to start, your father walks up and says, get off the chariot. I'm going to ride. I'm going to receive all of the honors. I'm going to take the lavish gifts and I'm going to enjoy the one week celebration. There is nothing you can do about that. And so... That'd be a different ending to, to the movie Gladiator, Yes, it, it would! <laughs> Are you not entertained? Not surprisingly, throughout the Roman Empire, the most common homicide... Patricide. Was patricide, <laughs> exactly. Sons finally just hit their limit and said, I'm not doing this anymore. I, I, I can't deal with this old man anymore and his control over my life. It's time to get rid of him. And so assassinating your father uh, almost became routine and mundane. Not for the, not only for the wealthy, huh? not yeah. for just the kings to, to get a new king, you kill the king, but now you can do it if you're on, on your own family. <laughs> so when Paul starts off here in verse one and says, children, and at, at age 60, you could still be a child wow, okay. if you have yeah, a we don't think of it that father. Way, but yeah. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord and it's the right thing to do. Paul says, even if your father is horrible, cruel, dominates every aspect of your life, because you are a Christian, I want you to put a smile on your face and submit. Okay. Let's say you become a Christian and your father says, no, you are not. You will not join this Christian cult. I forbid it. Then what? And that could happen because could fathers well determined yeah. the religion for their family. Yeah. So what? What would, what would that do to that? I'll call him the poor. The, what would that do to the Christian man who's you know successful on his own? At least he's got his own family and and wherewithal. His father comes in and bans it. Is he just got to walk away, or has he just become a, a closet Christian? In, in other places, Paul will appeal that God is your true father. Okay, and you are part of a new family. And so that is a higher calling, a higher pledge that you have made than the one you were born into. If you'll remember, there's uh, one time when Jesus is is calling people to join him, and one young man really wants to come and be a, a part of the entourage. Let me bury my father first. Yeah, yeah, let me go take care of my father. And Jesus is like, well, if that's more important to you, then fine. Just right. don't be a part of us at all. Right. So Jesus himself said, the faith is more important than the family. That's the route I expect you to follow. That'd be very radical yeah. as well. That'd be yes. very radical for you to yeah. say, no, dad, I'm not. I'm doing this and I am I have a different father now. Yeah. I, that's kind of the whole, you have this different family idea that yeah. the Christianity is a family. Interesting. Okay. But on the assumption that your whole family is Christian, Paul's going to talk to both parent and child and say, I expect you to both Submit to each other and love each other just as Christ loves you okay. uh, and submitted to his father for your sake. So Very good. Okay. <laughs> a little more of the nuclear family. Yes. Will. This father and, and his wife and children, not the, the paternal father, if you will. Right. Ruling everything. Okay. Should we move on then? Yes. Verses two and three. Yeah. Go ahead and read both of those. 
honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. So this is basically one of the Ten Commandments. It is. is. Why is he quoting the Old Testament for this Greek audience, right. primarily Greek audience. There's exactly. Some Jews, but. They are not familiar with the Old Testament. They are not readers of the Old Testament. They don't know any of rules. Why would Paul suddenly rely on that to to try and persuade them that they need to, to obey their parents if they're going to be shining examples of Christianity? Right. There is a way of writing in the Greek language, endings and beginnings that you use on words that say what I'm actually what I want you to actually hear is the opposite of what I'm telling you. In in English, we do that with tone of voice. It's very difficult for us to do that with words, written words. Right. So like sarcasm yes. comes across differently yes. as it does on paper or if I'm saying it to you. Right. Oh, sure it does. <laughs> And this isn't straight sarcasm. It's no, no, but I mean, that's the same yeah. idea that there is a form called yes. sarcasm that comes off differently when you read it than when, right. you, when you hear Correct. it. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And what Paul is invoking here is what we call inverse application logic. That's what his his Greek is meant to, to do here. And so if I say to you, honor your mother and father because then you're going to live a long time. What is the inverse of that? Don't don't honor your mother and father because you'll die quickly. And you'll die young. <laughs> That's exactly what Paul is saying okay. to these Greeks. He's not really appealing to them in terms of the Old Testament. He's threatening Greek children here at, at, at this point with... Well, yeah, if your father can use, walk up and take you out because you left a mess on your floor or whatever... Because yeah. of the rules, yeah. then yeah, you better honor your mother and father or you will be, you will die young. You will die young. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to grab a, a verse here. Paul had a relatively low opinion of Greek children. Some people read this section and go, well, Paul was really ahead of his time being considerate and compassionate of children. No, no, he wasn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, generally speaking, yeah. in, in the times, nobody was. Yeah. Right? I mean, and I'm reminded of the time that when Jesus was talking and the children wanted to come to him and all the parents were like, you know, stay away. Get, you know, the, kids get the kids out of here. Out of here. And yeah. Jesus says, no, no. Yeah. Let the children come to me, right? There's nursery rooms about all that yeah. kind of stuff. And so that in this time was radical. And so it took a long time for it to permeate through yeah. Christian thought. Absolutely. Okay, go to your I'm reading then. from Romans one thirty. He's talking about the Greeks. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. <laughs> he puts all of those together, lumps them all in, in, in one, one pile. The Greeks are proud, arrogant. They invent new ways to sin, and they disobey their parents. Right. They're bad kind of, children. Kind of like the Jewish man's prayer from last week. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Now there are some Jews in the in the church in in Ephesus. Right. It wasn't a hundred percent Gentile, and they would have read this and understood what Paul is doing there. He's taking a biblical truth 
if you honor your parents, you will live a long time. That's a right. that's one of the promises God makes in the Ten Commandments. So adhere to that. They would have seen the positive nature of it, but to the to the Greeks, he actually. <laughs> It's almost interesting. Okay, then let's finish it up with verse four. And this one's interesting. Verse four, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Okay, is this as radical a thought? As his marriage. Yes, it is. It is every bit as radical as last week's marriage was. There's something I want to point out here in verse four. When I read it the first time, I deliberately read it the way we read in English. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. In the Greek, there are, the words are emphasized. And in the Greek, what Paul writes is, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. So he's just put the blame for disobedient children on the father. Mm. I really think it's your fault, honestly. Nobody does that anywhere. Right. That is unheard of. You you do not blame the fathers. Fathers are blameless. They right. are near gods. And and Paul in in verse four there actually puts the blame on father. If there's problem in your family, maybe it's you, and maybe you're the one I need to be looking at for who's not saved. Right, because children were looked upon. Mostly as free workers, I'll put yeah, it that way. Yeah. And generally speaking, I could be wrong on this in this culture, but a child was raised by his mother for the first five, six years, and then was handed over to the father to be taught a trade. The dad saw him as a, a you know a low level worker. Yes. That someday you know will take over this business when I die, and so they were just kind of. Well, they were possessions. Yes. Quite literally. Well, just much, like their wives. Much like women. Right. Yes. They were possessions until until you die. Until apparently. dad dies. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, this is, you're right, and this is radical that all of a sudden he's saying, dads, stop treating them like trash. Yeah. And that's why they don't like you. And yeah. that's why they misbehave because yeah. you treat them so poorly. Treat your children a little bit better. And maybe you'll get more work out of them or they'll respect you more, that kind of stuff. If your father had the power of life and death over you, would you dare say to him, this is your fault. You're the one creating the conflict here. No. No, you wouldn't. You would suck it up and smile and, and hope this isn't the time he decides to right. kill you. Yeah. So, so Paul is very radical liberal with this idea that fathers can be at fault. Grown men can err. He goes on then to say, rather... Bring them up in the discipline and instruction. That's a verse that has been sorely abused mm. over the years. In industrial England, that gave orphanages and child labor camps the right to beat children. Mm. Bring them up in discipline and instruction. You right. have the right to, to beat them. Paul says so. And those words were interpreted in a very negative way, you know, that the children need this harsh physical punishment if they're ever going to amount to anything. The word that he uses for bring them up is ectrifidi, and that is a very positive word. It is nourish, encourage, support, teach. And, and so the, so Paul's actual sense there is, I want you to encourage them and nurture them and bring them up. And then he gives us in two ways, discipline and instruction. And 
in America in, in 2023, we love to interpret discipline as, as the word punishment. Right. That's not what it means. It means consistency. If you get up every morning at five o'clock and you read your Bible for an hour and you pray for an hour and you do that every day without fail, you are disciplined. Yes. You have a very disciplined approach to your faith. That's what Paul is wanting us to bring our, our children up in, the discipline of consistency in our relationship with God and fathers to be consistent in their encouragement and nourishment of their, their children emotionally and spiritually. He's not giving anyone permission to beat their children. He's encouraging us to raise your children in such a, a consistent and disciplined way that your child can trust you as much as you trust God. Right. And that is very radical. Yes. Even today is still, yeah, like you said, it's been misused over the time. But that's the way I like to think that we should do it. Maybe that's because that's the way my father raised me. But I guess it depends on how your father raised you as to how you interpret that too, right? Yes. <laughs> or how your father interpreted that because he could have taken it one way or the other. You know, I'm fortunate. I have an incredibly encouraging and supportive father. I grew up in about as good of an environment uh, as a son can grow up in. But I have friends who the word father is an evil word to right. them. Does not rule up off their lips with a smile because uh, they were abused in a wide variety of ways by their parental figures. Mm -hmm. And and for some of them, these four verses are a little tough. I understand. I would understand that. Yeah. And I would think, and I've heard this before, that people that have that kind of a relationship with their earthly father struggle with the use of the term father for the God. Exactly. For God. And so just because they have that not good memory of their father. They don't want to think of God who we know is pure love Yes, in that same word. So they use other words for God. Exactly. Maybe Lord or something along those lines. So, yes. Yeah. Father-child relationships, for, obviously for centuries, have been strained and you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> and you can't get out of it either. Cause yeah. <laughs> once you're born, hey, that's your father. So, okay. Anything else on this? Nope. Short text and uh, a continuation of a theme we've dealt with extensively. So short presentation. Okay. So we're just extending the idea of being a better Christian all around, right? A 360 degree Christian to the church, to your wife, now to your children. Yes. And next week we're going to move into others that are not immediate family and deal with that type of relationship. Correct. Have you given a sermon title yet? You know, I was really a, a inventive last week. I called it marriage, uh, and I decided to stay that track. This one's called children. Wow. <laughs> so creative. All right. So if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.pondergmc.org. At the top is a menu called Ministries. Click that. Go down to Sermons. Look for the sermon children. <laughs> and this will have been delivered on October 1st, 2023. So where are we going next week? Into Slaves and Masters. Okay. Hey, I learned that I have a new superpower. Really? Yeah. I can cut wood just by looking at it. How? I saw it with my own two eyes. <laughs> and with that, I think we'll close this episode. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. 
There, you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky Sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.